coolest thing I know. I got it this far. I took got it up. Got it, it up. It. I did it for a festival and I'm all done. And I did it. I'll never forget. It was a rainy Monday night. I think it was Memorial Day. Was that planned? No, well, she said yes. She says, are you off book? I said, yeah, I'm off book. And she said, well, I have this play about this. And she's a sweet girl, but she goes, it's about a girl. It's called Big Skinny. <laughs> Big is beautiful. <laughs> and, and, and she's actually been successful with this show. And she goes, I like to pair you up with this girl. And then it's about her, you know, losing weight and her love for her father and all these different things. But I said, sure. I mean, at that time, I would have done the play with, you know, cockroaches, a play about cockroaches. It didn't matter. I just needed a stage. So, yeah, she said, you know, it's going to be on Memorial Day. It's going to be on a Monday night. It was raining. I forget it was like sprinkling and and, and I you just know when the theater's going to be empty, like you just know. You yeah, just, you just no know. one's coming. No one's coming. No one's like, coming. Because you wouldn't yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, cause, cause you, you know when, if I was, I wouldn't go see it. I wouldn't yeah, go. No, what's in the paper? What's coming out? Yeah, yeah. Big is beautiful. Yeah. And, and how was your show, Doug? Was it good? <laughs> right. How did it work out last night? <laughs> you know, I had this thing and I couldn't go. You know. Oh man! Like, was that last night? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. I, I and I even invited the, I even invited this cocksucker and he didn't come. I would have you know? came, but it was Game of Thrones season finale. But, but, but no I one came. It. I mean, right. no one came. Right. Like none of your friends were coming. You know. And I, so you you know you can't. You know, you have to ask your friends nice. Hey, you want to come see my show? Oh, dude, I'm, you know, I'm cleaning out the sink right now, dude. Yeah, it's, man. it's not gonna happen. You know, <laughs> so it's Monday night. It's in the Lower East Side, and it's and it's a it's a beautiful little space actually. It's called it's right on the Bowery Poetry Club. It's, that's what it's called. I went up there, true to form. There was like, I think there was eight people in the audience, maybe six, and half of them were for to see her, right. they were her friends, and one of them was my photographer, I, I said, I'm gonna hire a photographer, because I wanted to capture, because yeah. I literally thought it was gonna be it, it was the last event. So I did the play, and um, at the end, I was, like you said, I was nervous, the mind's spinning in negative talk, and after the play, this one woman came up to me, and she, she lost her brother in Afghanistan, I believe it was, and I got a standing ovation, which was shocking, and people were in tears, and everyone came up to me and they wanted to know, what is this material? Where'd you get it from? You know, what's, you know, how'd you do this? Are these real letters? And, and then I said, yeah. So I started having a Q&A. That was the beginning of the Q&As that now are very common after, after, the, show. after the shows. Yeah. And this one woman said, you know, I lost my brother to Afghanistan. And um, I just hope you keep going because this is very important work. So that was the first time that I got my director to go, huh, maybe he is on something. You know, because he was just getting paid at this time. And he still Put down be, pause. Yeah. How did you feel? I feel in great. In that exact moment. Well, I feel great. I felt vindicated. I felt like I had, I felt like I had talent. Yeah. You know, you know, as an artist, you feel like yes. someone has said, you're actually good. Like, well, all those no's, everything, everything, all leading up to this moment, even paying the director to, you know, tell you, boo, whatever, whatever the case is. Yeah. To have that moment where someone literally it, looks at you and says, keep going. It's huge, man. That you've never met before. Never met before. It's huge. It's it's everything you look for. I mean, it's the thing that drives you as an artist, and you, and you come away from that like you're on you won the lottery. I mean, you are the richest person in the world. You, money means nothing. I remember. Well, I, I applaud your resiliency, particularly because I know so many people who who maybe the maybe wouldn't have stopped at the first no, but would have stopped at the fifteenth or the twentieth or. You know, yeah, it just, you, it just takes an extreme amount of resiliency to do what you just did. You just um, you just get so stubborn and you don't want to lose. And um, but after that, the director said, 
you know what, let's talk a week from now, whenever that day was. And I said, sure. And I said, and we got on the phone. He said, you know, let's see if we can flush this out and see if we can do it on a bigger scale. And I said, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. You know, now he was clicked in. Then he hooked me up with a set designer and he hooked me up with a, and that was the first time I got a set designer and then I got a... Uh, so the handshaking started to happen. The, the handshaking started yes. to happen. And then I got a, and then I got a costume designer, mm-hmm. you know, and so, so he started out and then he started opening up his, his network yes. to me, right? Because now he said, okay, this is a project that I want to be part of now. And full, we're talking about full, full, yeah, yeah, full yeah, feet yeah, in. Yeah, both feet in. Yeah, he's in now. And so we worked on it for another, I can't remember how many weeks, and we got it up to like a 40-minute version, 45-minute version. And my wife, me and Foster, did the Fringe. Uh, in 2005, and, and we were fairly successful with it. And so she goes, why don't you take it back to the fringe and, um, and see if, she, and let, let that be the big festival for you, you know? Because yeah. you're not going to, you know, it was too expensive to rent a space. I didn't have the money to do that, uh, to do for four weeks or five weeks. I already did the BS festival. I didn't want to do that. So if I'm going to do it one more time big, the only next level would be to go to the Edinburgh Fringe in Scotland, um, which is a big theater fringe. And so we did. So we applied to the same theater, the zoo theater. And we did so well, me and Foster did there, that when I applied, they knew me right away. And they loved the true, we did True West, and we reversed the roles there. And they said, oh, yeah, love to have you back. So they took me right back. And I said, great. So I found my theater. I found my festival. We rehearsed it. We got it ready. We bought letters and like little things that, you know, my set designer really got into. I mean, it became a production, right? And you you became, how to do marketing, how to create images and and uh, we, I started getting online and finding different images. So this whole ball of wax goes, and boom, I go off to Scotland. And I was really nervous doing the play, being an American, going to Scotland, doing a play called The American Soldier. You're like, this guy's got some balls, man, bring this play here. <laughs> like, dude, are you, like, you got to be kidding me. How we do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Like, we're ready. But, you know, my play is a mosaic of what yeah. being an American soldier. I play an African-American character. I play a Hispanic character. I play, a, you know, I play a lot of grunts. The idea is that it's a mosaic of what the American yeah. soldier is, not just some white guy from, you know, middle of Texas. So what I didn't notice is the play took off. Well, right before that, um, when, you, when you get accepted to the fringe, you're actually... You're allowed to perform at 59 East 59th Theater at a, um, um, at a, they have a festival for plays that are going from New York to Scotland. And so I got a medium festival and they said, you know, you, you have to pay for it. It's like, it's a money thing. But the positive is it's, it's an elevated venue, right? It's a big venue off Broadway house. You know, they, you, you, and you get to invite a lot of people and you get to show them your play in a real theater instead of, you know, some yeah. rented out studio. Right. And uh, so I invited everybody, and I had a really good turnout. And on the second night, you did all the promotion. You do everything. Everything is you. Not even your director. This guy's a master promoter. Yeah. Not even your director. Yeah. Yeah. It's all you. It's always you. Yeah. And and, and you know, and that's the way it should be because it's, you know, it's yours. Yeah. You know, um, just like when you guys do your podcast. At the end of the day, it's yours. No one's going to care about your podcast. No one listens to us. Don't <laughs> worry. This is going nowhere. <laughs> But that's why it's I came an ongoing on. Ongoing joke. That's right, why I right. came on. I was like, I knew dead end. This yeah, dead end. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm gonna do a podcast. It's not going anywhere. I can say whatever I want. Don't worry about, about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's gonna be online. It's not gonna say anything. Um, yeah. So you promote it. So you know, I was reaching out to reporters and I was reaching out to journalists. And I had this one girl, her name is Jamie Lubin, and her career has moved on. She was a blog reporter for the Huffington Post, 
And so I had kind of, you know, nurtured that relationship. And she said, I said, you know, would you like to come see, you know, my play? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'd like to come see that play. And so she came to the theater and she goes, I'd like to do a review of it. And I was like, oh, I didn't really want you to do a review of it, you know, because I was really terrified. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? <laughs> can, we, can, we do, can we do the review? And can you tell me what you're going to say before you come to the play? Can I pre-approve? <laughs> can I pre-approve your review? So she came. And I had a great house, and what was really, and, you know, you have to have luck. When I was naming the play, I couldn't figure out what the name it. I was kind of like, you know, I call it, you know, Brotherhood, you know, Veterans, uh, you know, Man's Brother, you know, I, all these weird names, you know, because when you're naming something, it's hard yeah. until you have that name, you know, you, you, think, find it. Yeah. you find it. And my wife goes, just call it the American Soldier. I go, I can't call it the American Soldier. That's like, how cliche is that, the American Soldier? She goes, well, that's what it's all about. You're only talking about American Soldiers. Just talk, just call it what it is. Which was really good advice. And, yeah. uh, and so I call it the American Soldier. Which she's, was a, uh, she's pretty smart, your wife. Yeah, she is. And it's actually, it was a good piece of marketing because people were like, what is the American Soldier? So when I was in there with a bunch of theaters, a lot of people in that theater decided to come in because they were interested in it. And, and I, I shared this to Foster. I hired somebody. I spent some money on a, the guy who designed my show, Image. You know, I, I went to this, you know, this site called 99 Designs and I, and I spent like 400 bucks. And it was, every penny was worth in gold because the image he came out, which is my show's image, was really successful and there and so it was really captivating and and there's a story behind that image but so when i did the play she gave me this review and it was great i mean she loved it i mean she basically you know gave me five stars and so i was able to take that to scotland so i had this piece of press which you know it's really important you gotta you need to land with a little bit of a mm -hmm. back you know a little bit of a you know win in your cells and so i was able to write huffington post flawless and powerful everywhere you know and all the marketing and so that started to get a little bit of attention but what we forget is that at that time in 2012, you know, the UK and Scotland and lots of Ireland and, you know, Canada, they all had experience PTSD because they were part of the Middle East. I mean, everybody was involved in the Iraq war and in in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah, and, and not as much as America, but they had a lot of guys. And so when the Scottish people started to come, they really, they liked it, man. And I started getting this crazy response where mothers were crying at the end of the show and they were, you know, and then the Q&A really started. Like, I would... So when you do the fringe, so people don't know, you have five minutes to set up and you have, like, seven minutes to strike. It's like... Whirlwind. It's a whirlwind. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like, ah, oh, catch your breath. You finish, you say your last note, lights go down, lights come back up, and it's time to get off the and stage. And scurrying. Scurrying. And, yeah. and I took this one friend of mine, uh, Ashley, and she was really good. And so we had it down. We had it down. And the play is, was, to this day, when you watch it, it's designed for the, it was kind of designed for the French. It's basically come in a trunk, come out of a trunk, come in of a trunk, come out of a trunk. Perfect. Yeah. And so, um, so I would finish the play and I'd be striking and people would be trying to talk to me, you know, like, and they wanted to know what's the material and they were emotional and mothers were saying, you know, please don't stop. You know, my, I lost my son. They were gold. We have gold star mothers. I think they call them different. That's when you lose someone in, in combat. That's what we call them in America. Gold star. Yeah. Families. Gold star families. Yeah. You have blue star yeah. and gold star families. Blue star means you have a family member, a son or daughter or a father or mother who is, serving and okay. gold star is you've lost, you've one, lost of them, one. one of them uh, they have something else too but i forget what it's called and so they would say and they would share these stories so the word started to get out and so you know how this this is the end of the first week i started getting reviews i got a couple of two stars i got a three star and then i got it like three four star reviews and then i got nominated for an amnesty international award somehow they came the buzz got around and they saw the play and they out of 3500 shows they nominate 100 and they pick three, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't get picked, but I was nominated, and it 
in, in the Scottish in the time and the press in Scotland, they were talking about it. You know, you know when you pick up the French stuff, you know, you're included in that list. You're of, included of, of shows, yeah, and that yeah. means immediately yeah. people want to come see eyes that. It's on like you, baby. eyes on you, and we started selling out. Oh, we started selling out. We sold out the last. There's a picture on my website with the guy who's designing the. There's so many stories, but the guy who was designing the my tech. Really nice guy, but couldn't understand him. He was from somewhere in northern England, and he's, he had a really heavy English accent. And every time he said something, I, that was the opposite thing he was saying. <laughs> and then he goes, "You have a line. You have a line. I can't. I can't do a British accent. It's, it's going to sound Indian." He goes, "You have a line. You have a line." <laughs> yeah, I go, "What? I don't. I, I'm not on stage. I don't have a line. What are you talking about?" He goes, "No, no, bloke. You have a line. Everybody's <laughs> waiting for you. Like, you have a line." I was like, "Oh." And so I took pictures of it, and you can see people waiting, and, and oh, that was every so night. Awesome. And so then when I came back, fast forward, we were like, now what do we do? Now this play is really successful. Like, now this play has gone from what we thought was an idea to this. And I'll wrap it up with a friend of mine, because I'm always promoting stuff, and I was on Facebook, and a, a friend of mine who I used to act with in Houston had become the marketing director of this one theater in, in Houston, the uh, TBH is the acronym for it, but it's called Talento Balingual Houston Art Center. And they said, we'd like to bring this play to Houston. Would you be willing to do that? And that's what started the tour. Mm. And from there... I, I remember that. I remember you going down there to do it. Yeah. And from there, I just started going to city to city, city to city, city. And then I did it in New Jersey. And then somebody in New Jersey referred me to someone at the Kennedy Center. All built off of invite. All we, wanted, we heard about, we saw, someone said, we want to have you here. And that's fast forward to today... I'm going to New Hampshire again. I was just there in February, and that's the same thing. And you don't know where it goes from where. How many now veterans are coming compared to just people off the street? It's always it. It's. I mean, I know there's, there's everybody has family or friends who are, yeah. who have served. But what is the what 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 dynamic do you see now where it's people who love art compared to people who may have something directly connected? I would say it's probably 60, 40, 60 veteran, forty general audience. And every once in a while you get a sprinkle of younger people. Like in California, I did it at a university. I did it in two cities back to back. I did it at State Theater, which is in Modesto. And then the next day I went to Delta College mm. in Stockton University. I had a tech, two techs back to back. I will highly recommend for anyone not to do that. Mm. But when I got to Stockton, there was a young girl. She goes, I go to Stockton University. I heard about this, you know, and, and I'm, in, I'm an actress. And so I decided to come. I was given points if I come here, see your play, and do a paper on it. And so she came and saw, and she brought like five friends, and she said, "Wow, this is like this is amazing. Like I've never, I I I, thought, I didn't know what I was going to see, but this is unbelievable." So you always get like a sprinkle of those kind of people mm -hmm. coming from nowhere, but it's usually theater background who who yeah maybe heard a little buzz about it and want to see it. And, yeah, you know what? I, I, it's hard to know really what. To, what well, I mean, you what saw you like you know through, what you're getting when you walk in to see it, right? And when he saw the Federal Reserve thing, most of those people were veteran, but I, that play came from I performed in Bedford, New York. Right, and so people who lived up in Bedford, New York, who went to, who worked at the Federal Reserve Bank, who had a, or a second home there, they saw the play and they were like, "You wow!" And so they told the president of the Federal Reserve, "says You you have to bring this play. This play is is curtailed to what we do." Well, that I, where do you see? I'm just curious because I mean, it's been, what an amazing journey. First of all, just to this point for you, where do you, do you see this now going? Do you just see yourself doing this for years and years? Do you see it having a particular length of time? Do you see it almost like, hey, I'm going to eventually mount this as production. I'm going to cast some people, and I'll just be the producer of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's crazy is now I've been already offered from complete strangers around the country, like, we'd like to do your play at our theater. And, right. I, and I told them no. 
because I said we'll license it. And, yeah, and I said yeah. I'm still doing it, and yeah. uh, I don't want anybody else to do it right now. I, you know, it's a great question, Foss. I, I don't know what the progression of the play is. What I do know is things have spun off from it. Well, it definitely has a huge life of its own now. Well, uh, yeah, just having legs as a show for you to be able to do whenever and wherever people want you to do it. Well, I mean. You have to keep pushing it. Hopefully, it doesn't end. But every year, I think it's the last year, I get more bookings, right? And then you get one booking that, boom, explodes into three bookings, you know? So that's tough, you know? But, um, I mean... Well, it sounds I, like you love doing it. You, you keep doing it as yeah. long as people will, will have you doing it, probably. Yeah. There's been a really interesting thing about the whole um, doing of the play. You know, as an actor, when you do a play, there's so many things you have to learn. You know, and when you do a one-man show, it's... It really is a marathon as a performer, and you test yourself as an endurance. You know, can you do these words? Can you keep your energy? And I remember towards the beginning, you would, I would get around 30 minutes in, and you would, and you remember this when we did, there was moments when we were doing True West, when we were going back to back, there's moments when you're like, I always found Austin really difficult, but there's moments when you're like, oh, I still have another act to do. Like, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, the energy drops, you know, you're like, and there's moments in the when the beginning was like, where physically it's challenging. Yeah, Mentally it's challenging. You're like, it's... oh, I'm actually tired right now. Yeah. And like, okay, what's the next word? Okay, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're on stage, dude. And you're like, whoa, like, <laughs> like, like, no, and, and like these, these little, almost like I, I wish you could measure these little phrases <laughs> that come in your head because they're so lightning fast, you know? Yeah, right. They and, really are. And, and and you're like, focus, Doug, focus. Don't don't lose. Do not lose your lines here. Do not. Yeah. <laughs> Alert, 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 you know. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, but what you also learn is that, you know, I've been doing it for five years now. The other skill that I've been able to develop, which is, is really interesting, is you have to make it fresh for yourself. Because now, I mean, there's moments, where was I? I can't remember. I think it was maybe, it was maybe New Hampshire. I was going through the tech and I was like, I was, I was feeling burnt out. I was like, the techs are always really hard. And I was like, oh, I'm so tired of doing this tech. You know, I'm like, it's exhausted, you know. And I kind of felt like, there was a moment when you feel like maybe I'm a, maybe I'm done with this, you know, like maybe I've done this enough already, you know, and you feel that I've said these words enough. I've played, can I get any more life out of it? But then you do it and you get this amazing reaction, you know, and now what I'm focusing on is on the Q and A's at the end of the play, because they become so powerful with people sharing their stories, you know, from, from every race, from every color, you know, they, I play. I do a little bit of Spanish, you know, and, and every race comes up because man, thank you for honoring, you know. I had this one Puerto Rican guy. He came up to me at the Library of Congress and he said, "Are you Hispanic?" And I said, "Yeah, my mom's Colombian, my dad's Argentinian." And he said, "Well, thank you, man, for, you know, for, you know, bringing the Hispanic, you know, layer into this play because it's really important." And I said, "Not a problem." And he said, "You know, I've been serving for so long, you know, and, and people always tend to forget that Puerto Ricans and Mexicans are serving in the military." And mm -hmm. I said, "No, I know it, man." I said, "You know what?" You know, in Second World War, it was the Irish and the Italians. Now it's, you know, Hispanic communities. It's the, you know, Mexican and and a lot of Puerto Ricans and um, representation, and man. Representation, and that, Absolutely. and, and they're important. they're getting in. And but what's been really interesting is that I've developed relationships with other veteran organizations, and so things are spinning off of it. I'm, I'm in post production. Well, that's what, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is actually you've spun off a web series from us. Yeah, called Landing Home. Landing Home. I went to try to watch some of it. It's not out yet. No, the trailer's no. out. You can watch the trailer. I saw the trailer. Yeah, and um, you know, it's just kind of a trailer that I threw. When is that? When is that coming out? I'm right now. I'm, I'm in. I'm on the fourth episode of cutting it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think I should be done with it by a couple months, really. Oh, so I found an editor, and we're working. He just sent me, in fact, a draft of the fourth episode. 
Um, and yeah, I was, I was looking around trying to find that. It says it's going to be out in quarter one of 2019. Yeah, I'm a little late. Yeah, okay. I'm a little late. <laughs> a little late. And then, but Un unheard of in film editing. <laughs> <laughs> you keep things very open ended. <laughs> I've learned that. You know, it's coming out in quarter to nine. Quarter, Did I say one. quarter one. It says Q one of twenty nineteen on it. That, yeah. well, that's how you keep it open. You yeah, know. Well, what do you mean like by it. quarter one? Well, what do you mean by quarter one? <laughs> <laughs> the fiscal quarter. Don't or? get picked up by Disney. You <laughs> you have failed, my friend. Yeah. Uh -uh. Well, yeah. So, and then another play was was really cool. The Library of Congress said, you know, last year was the centennial of the First World War, the ending of the First World War, and so uh, it was 100 years when the armistice was signed. And so about in 2017, they started saying, you know, would you be willing to put some World War I letters into your play? And I said, well, it doesn't really work that way. And the, the cake is baked. You know, you can't just stick monologues in it. You know? Put some sugar on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put some sugar on it. Come on now. I'm okay. <laughs> Um, and oh, so, <laughs> yeah, and I said, no, I can't do that, man. So then, when, then they said, would you be willing to write a play for us? And I was like, oh, no. I, I, I said no at first. Because, you know, I... He became the guy saying no. Yeah, well, he became <laughs> the guy. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, I mean you better no. be the guy saying no, no. isn't it? Then, uh, Always better being the guy maybe. saying no. Maybe. 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 <laughs> but the thing is, I knew... Uh, I'm going to need a little more from you. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I knew the arc yes. of what I'd gone through with the American soldier. And I was like, God, I don't have the energy to do that arc again. Um, but what was good about the Library of Congress is they said, well, if you say yes, we'll pay you this much. It was a decent amount of money. And they said, but it has to be done. You're performing on Veterans Day 2017. And that's it's in the contract and you're dealing with the Library of Congress. And, and Erica said, look, when the Library of Congress says write a play, you write a play. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. So I did. That's your wife. That was my wife. She's given you a lot of good lessons. Yeah. A lot of good We've advice. heard two gems from yes. her so far. Yes. Yeah. She named your show. Named my show. That's and she said, you got to write it. You got to find You yeah. can do it. You just do it. That's a good wife. And so I, so they gave me like six diaries to read. So basically guys from the First World War. And uh, I picked this one guy who was part of the Lost Battalion. And his story, it's, it's, it's really a fascinating story. He, he's a Hungarian Jew from up in Manhattan, New York, 22nd East 72nd Street. And again, True to the story of the American soldier, an immigrant willing to fight for the country. And at that time, in the early 1900s, um, there was a lot of anti-Semitism. I mean, people literally thought that Jews had horns on their head. And so when you research this stuff, it's kind of like almost bordering Nazism craziness, right, you know? And yet, just true to form, you know, like when the Japanese volunteered to fight in the Second World War because they wanted to prove their Americanism, same thing with American um, Jews, who uh, Jewish uh, community. They immediately signed up, and they, and, um, and they were amazing. And this guy was a runner, so I, so I read his diary, and it was, I basically read it every day, just reading this diary, and then um, I started just, I kind of had developed a system where I would, it, the diary was, so if you go to my website, he wrote, because paper has a high value in war, it's one of the highest value things you can have, which is why you'll see sometimes toilet paper left at the Vietnam Wall because people couldn't wipe their butts, so their friends would leave toilet paper oh, at the Vietnam Wall. Um, but paper, so a lot of times, even in the Civil War, you know, when you would get a letter, you'd read it this way, and then you would turn it, and you would write it this way. And then you send it back, and they send it back, and then you write the other letter. So you get four or five letters out of one sheet of paper, right? Um, and so his was like this little book, and you couldn't even read it. I mean, it's like 456 days, and it's just, I mean, I'm telling you, you need a magnifying glass to look at it. His daughter had taken on the initiative to typewrite it out. She typewrite the whole thing out. So I got this, uh, and then the Library of Congress, because it was typewritten out, they digitized it. 
So I was able to take that digitized form and immediately I started reading it and I fell in love with it. And so I was able to turn it into a PDF and then send it into my, my Kindle. And in Kindle, you can highlight, right? So now technology, I was using technology so I can highlight what I liked. And so I developed three color codes, you know, red, yellow, and green. Red, I didn't like. Yellow, maybe. Green, I loved, right? And so then you can filter all your colors and then I would keep all my green colors. And then I started putting it together. And then I went back to Patrick and said, look, this is going to be a little bit easier, I think, because now we're not starting from, we're only doing this guy's material. This is it. And this is all the stuff I like. And we gave it an arc and I did it. And the whole time, what's really fascinating by it, the only reason why I'm sharing it is his whole goal before he got shipped off, he's, he wanted to hold his baby girl. His wife was pregnant. He was 22 years old. He wanted to hold his baby before he got shipped off. And her name was, uh, was uh, Cecily. And he never gets to hold her. He goes off. He gets part of this battalion, part of this battle. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's called the Lost Battalion. He comes back and he makes it alive. He's really injured. So I, you know, I, I knew the family story really well. So when the Library of Congress, when I performed it, she came. She was 96 years old. Who typed it out? No, uh, no. The one who typed it out was, I'm sorry, was the other daughter. Was another oh, daughter. He had oh, two girls. Okay. And it was, it was surreal, man. The first daughter that Hold, came. She was 96 years old. Whoa! And and I got to meet her, and, and she said, you know, you you know, she was really old, but I have a picture with her on my website, and she was like, you did a lot of honor to my father, and uh, it was so surreal touching her and talking to her because I had basically marinated in here, and all he talked about is two people, Leah and Cecily, his wife and his little girl, and um, to meet her, um, and then I became friends with the family. That's extraordinary. Yeah. So yeah. so anyway, it's amazing. That's the journey of those that whole production. Wow. Well, I think we should wrap here because um, yeah. we've I've certainly carnished uh, your time. We've taken a ton of your time cool. today, and I'm, I'm so happy uh, that you did this. Let's have you on again, brother. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah. Yeah. thing I know. <laughs>